Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, Kool-Aids. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the latest Barca news as Barcelona are on international break. Before we dive in today's show, a quick word from our sponsor, NordVPN. Are you tired of hackers and cyber criminals snooping around your online activities? Do you want to safely access your favorite shows and content from anywhere in the world? Then you need NordVPN, the best VPN on the market. And the good news is that there's an exclusive birthday deal just for you. Buy NordVPN now and win extra subscription time. With NordVPN, you can protect your online activity and keep your private information away from prying eyes. And if you're traveling abroad, don't worry. Connect to a NordVPN server in your home country and safely enjoy content as if you'd never left. So what are you waiting for? Visit nordvpn.com Barca now to get this special birthday deal. Shield your data from snoops and criminals with NordVPN's state-of-the-art encryption. Safely listen to podcasts, stream shows, or simply browse in complete privacy. Again, visit nordvpn.com Barca. The link is in the show notes. Get NordVPN now and enjoy a safe and private online experience. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg... This is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, as we are on international break, I totally forgot that we were on international break, Troy, uh, on Monday <laughs> after we got out. I said, the next match is on Saturday against Elche. And I just, <laughs> I yeah. just, I did, you know, silly me, I did not see the date that it said the end of the month. So that's my, my bad. And, uh, you know, we have, we have some questions about this international break. Obviously, we have been the, br- or the recipients of all these injuries. And first off, before I bring you in, how are you doing? How's it good? Good, good, good to be back in the in the states. Are you missing Barcelona? No, Barcelona. I wish I was still there. <laughs> um, I was already looking yesterday at uh, the next game that I'm coming back. So you, you you put in the in the in the chat to me, you're remote, right? And I'm like, I am remote. So, I mean, what's holding me back? I don't always have to bring the whole family with me. So I, exactly. I have already started looking. 
Exactly. Yep. You just put those Google alerts and get those cheap flights, <laughs> you know, right. and two for one type of thing. So yeah. Yep. Well, let's let's talk about this because you know, one of the this notion is it's the fault of the international break that we have so many injuries. And I kind of push back on this. This is kind of the notion I've been reading today on Twitter. You know, first of all, Barcelona is always going to have this issue because of the caliber of players that we are have on the team. You know, we have a lot of European internationals as well as South American. But again, this is we've been battling this, you know, forever, essentially. We're never going to get through this gauntlet injury free. If we do, I would say that's the outlier rather than this, because obviously we are seeing that Christensen, you know, who has been super vital to our defense. We said I would probably say the surprising player that we both kind of picked and none, you know didn't expect him to have such a great year. He's going to be out to three to four weeks with a calf injury. What is your feeling on this idea about the international break and may, most importantly how Barcelona can manage or help manage uh, these injuries that that occur during this break? Yeah, these breaks have killed us. I mean, you would expect that there would be like a player, you know, maybe every other break or so that, you know, because they're, you know, they travel, they had to go to a different, you know, style of training, you know, they're athletes, they're, you know, they're using their bodies. You would expect, you know, somebody to pick up a, a knock now and then, but my God, like every international break, we just, there's it, these injuries just pile up for us. And I think that Barcelona was actually being proactive you know, by saying these, you know, players had picked up these little knocks in El Clasico, so they weren't going to, you know, they weren't going to go to training, you know, with their with their international teams. They caught a little bit of flack for it, but you know, here goes Christensen. He's off, you know, playing, and then picks up a picks up what a I think a calf injury and is going to be out like three to four weeks now. It's like, I mean, I, and I even thought about this when I was in Barcelona. Where would we be in the standings if we didn't have the international break earlier this year and lost Araujo and lost all those players? Like, where, you know, what would our season look like? Like, it'd be even better than than it is currently now. So, <clears throat> I don't, I don't know if we can put like our finger on it. Is it like just really bad luck? Is it the way that Barcelona? you know, trains the players when they're here and then they just go to a more, you know, intense level when they go to their national teams. I don't know what it yeah. is, but oh my God, like we need to find out because it's just wild. Like these injuries are just, it's just crazy how we've just been hit by them. And especially this international break that it's really mainly just friendlies. There isn't really any, you know, it's not a necessary uh, qualifying or anything like this. Yeah. And so that's where, you know, I think many of these players, obviously, you know, with Christensen, I, you know, obviously I would have said, yeah, go on, you know, like, that's fine. Because in the back of my mind, I just, you know, you, this is just a chance. It could happen in practice. It can happen with Barsic. You know, this is just yeah. part of the deal. It just it just seems, though, uh, every international break, it mounts up for Barca. It just it just seems that way. And maybe there is something to that. Maybe it's the type of training that gets, uh, I don't know, it gets intensified for these international. But I, I, I just don't see that. I don't I don't. It's not it's not as though Barcelona are just walking around and all of a sudden they go to running, you know. So yeah. I don't understand how different the training could be to maybe add to that or maybe the games because you know, Christensen last night I saw the video. I mean, he's just running back on defense, jogging, not even yeah. running, jogging back yeah. on defense, and he just pulls yeah. up lanes. So again, I you know, I, there's this debate too in the NBA, you know, with this load management, and maybe there's just something to, you know, this old way of thinking 
in football where you exhaust your starters, where they play every match. And now we just maybe have to take that into account, you know, along with, you know, just the new sports science with concussion protocols and this idea of, you know, load management, because the players are playing at such an insane pace now compared to what it was 10 years ago. You know, we have such parity in the league going forward. And, you know, it is really disheartening because obviously with Pedri and Dembele still on the mend, they're not going to be ready for the Clasico. We may have to have the same lineup that we did in the first leg of the Copa del Rey, where I was hoping that we were going to have a better lineup. And so that's going to put that match into, you know, we'll see how the team performs because again, we're going with that emergency room lineup, which maybe, you know, could be to our advantage considering that, you know, for the most part, except like you were talking about the first leg uh, in Madrid where we had the, you know, a a little bit different of a lineup, but maybe the fact that we're going to have to bring in some players that, you know, have not played against Madrid at all, or, or just maybe, maybe very little, uh, we're going to have to rearrange some players. So maybe that per- prevents a surprise because even being there at the Classico last week, it was the same 11 versus the same 11. Like there wasn't much. Di- I mean, it was just like go out and perform and, and the team that performs the best is going to win. So like I said, maybe this will be to our advantage and we can throw a little wrinkle in there, um, you know, versus, you know, what Madrid has seen against us. The uh, what is it now? Four other times this previous times this year already. So, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, big picture, you know, get some of these players on the field that haven't had that much time that could possibly be, you know, targets for sales this year and see if they can, you know, come in and have a good game and, you know, put themselves on the map, uh, the for sale map. Um, uh, so we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think everybody, you know, for the most part, we're talking about the, the Copa. Everyone's just focused on Barca winning the league anyway. So, I'm not sure that anybody at this point, I, even myself included, cares all that much about the Copa. I'm sure, I'm sure they will, you know, closer to game time. But, you know, right now it doesn't even look like it's, you know, that important considering everything that's happened this year and how long this year has been. Yeah, I mean, I want them to push for the Copa, actually. I, I want the double. I, I yeah. feel that's Oh, I want way. it, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I feel after this whole season, especially getting knocked out in European, that's the only kind of way to to measure up uh if if yeah. madrid do continue through the the champions league i think with having the the domestic doubles is definitely a strong uh finish to the season especially for chavi now the other thing too you know with this injury this this obviously highlights who's going to step up i mean yeah. you know obviously the two candidates are eric garcia and marcos alonso and you know i <laughs> oh, man it's just you know Against a team like Cadiz, you know, I think both are serviceable. But against a team like Madrid, where you can't really make those type of mistakes, those mental mistakes, and also with Alonso not being the 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 fleetest of foot, I think I feel a little bit more comfortable with Eric Garcia just because of the mobility that he gives you. How do you feel about those two? Who would you start? Yeah, uh, that's a well, that's a tough one because they have. Um, yeah, I, I I'll, I'll tell you I'm. I am pretty sure that Xavi will go ahead and start Alonso based on his, you know, how, what he's done historically this year uh, in those games. I mean, Eric Garcia has, I mean, he hasn't fielded hardly any minutes, especially since the international break. So I'm sure he'll go with Alonso on there. Uh, Eric Garcia has been one of the players that have been pegged to leave, you know, this summer. So we'll see what happens there. But um, it's always scary, right? When you think about Madrid's attack, 
when you were going to, you know, you're going to have Alonzo back there, you know, as a center back. And I mean, we've, we've seen what happens when, when Barca, you know, presses high, which they do. And Alonzo, you know, we, we've seen him get burned, right. We've seen him get burned. I mean, uh, yeah, we just saw it a couple weeks ago on the build. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was he got fried on that. Play. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That yeah. wasn't even that wasn't even close. Like, uh, and so you could obviously you can see Madrid will will you know if he's if he's either of them doesn't really matter. They're gonna they're gonna take a full advantage of of the situation. So the other players are gonna have to step up. You know, Balde, Kunde, uh, you know, players like that are certainly gonna have to step up and and shore up that back line. So it'll definitely be interesting. Yeah, and again, everyone is on the mend right now, you know, just like Arahu and Frankie de Young. So hopefully we can get something out of that because, again, I think if I were managing Madrid, I would make the push for that match and then try to rest as much on the following back of that match, you know, that type of thing. But we'll see what happens. Let's move on to the next news item. And obviously this is the biggest news item. And I've kind of shied away from this a little bit because I was waiting for all these details. And, and I love how you said, get away from the Madrid media. You know, I'm not just <laughs> specifically, you know, I am in Madrid, but you know, I'm, I'm looking at this from every point of view. Mm-hmm. And obviously this is the Negrero uh, case that is happening here in Spain. And, you know, the latest news is that the Hacienda or the tax uh, agency here did not find any uh, wrongdoing in the fact that matches were fixed or had any influence Sure. I mean, you could take that with a grain of salt. I don't know how they investigated that so much because, you know, when I think and of, so quickly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when I think of football results, I don't think of the hacienda coming to the rescue on that. And then vice versa, uh, UEFA now opening an investigation on this. And I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, so many things from the first day that this happened has shifted left and right. That's why I've been kind of waiting to see what further develops. But, you know, just from UEFA now put getting involved, I mean, obviously I don't have really any faith that anything's going to happen just because of Barcelona can always say that Hacienda found them innocent and that is going to have more of a statute limitation here in Spain. Obviously, UEFA could do something with European matches going forward. They could, you know, implement a ban of some sort. And... That's where I kind of am a little nervous because who knows what's going to happen. As we know, UEFA and FIFA are not the most uh, non-corrupt entities Mm -hmm. uh, on there. And, you know, when I look at it from a money perspective, especially, you know, with the Gavi situation that came out today and how the salaries and Barcelona is such a financial mess, if any type of ban happens with Barcelona, with champions, it's really really going to hurt Barcelona for the upcoming years because we're talking anywhere the potential of 200 million euros that they could miss out. Yeah. And, and for me, UEFA is just using this opportunity to, you know, you know, take advantage of what's going on to, you know, to try to inflict a little bit of damage on Barcelona. Uh, obviously uh, I've been, been steadfast in thinking that I, I highly doubted that what was being brought on in the media was what they were actually doing. I'm sure every team, you know, tries to chum up with the refs and 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 be friendly in the beginning, and and so they get they get you know uh, calls their way. Everybody does that. Let's you know the fact that you know they were thinking that they were Barcelona was giving this guy cash, and he was turning around and passing the cash out to the refs, and they were buying them off. Is to me was absolutely ridiculous from the get go. There's no way, like because think about it. 
there we always talk about it. A lot of these referees are Madrid fans. Could you imagine what would happen if this if this guy went and said, "Hey, you know, Barcelona paid me. Here's some cash. Just make it even tonight." They would have. I mean, they would have popped the top on that as fast as they could have. And this is going back all the way to like what 2001. So that's why I was like, "There's nothing to this. There really isn't." And so now UEFA, and this is for me all because of the Super League again taking advantage of the situation. If this would have been Madrid and Juventus, the, the last three clubs that have held steadfast on the Super League, if it was any of those three, they'd be doing the same thing. They'd just been kind of waiting in the shadows, waiting to see what's come up, come of it. And I think that they probably knew, you know, obviously before they, they came out and said, we're investigating that, that there was probably nothing, nothing to it that, you know, that Barcelona, you know, it was proven or was going to be proven that they didn't really do anything wrong. And so the the least they can do at that part to just get their digs in is just say, hey, we're going to investigate this too. You know what I mean? Just to, add, just to pile on, just to pile on to the case. Uh, I'm 100% certain that there's nothing that'll come from it. Just like I said about the case in the beginning, and UEFA to me is the last organization that should be, oh, we're going to investigate. How about you investigate yeah. yourself? Like yeah, you guys... Yeah need to take a real good look in the mirror at some of the things you do. And of course we don't want to spend all the time on this podcast about UEFA's faults. But um, again, to me, it's just a bunch an, another case of, you know, smoke and mirrors. They want to just, again, further damage the reputation of Barcelona. And again, it all comes down to the, to the super league. But at the end of the day, I think we'll be, we'll, you know, when this dust all settles, which will probably be shortly, well, it'll be, we'll be saying the same thing. It's just like the Hacienda did there. We, we can't find anything. There's nothing there. Yeah. There's nothing we can do. And um, that'll be it. That'll be it. So this will lead to our question from one of our patrons, Kathy. And she said, until finding Barca talk, I was a fan of Barca, but didn't really know any of the off the pitch stuff, politics of Barca, La Liga, UEFA, or world soccer. Why does it seem that everyone is out to get Barca? What, what, what is your what what is your theory on this? I have my own theory, but you know, you know, obviously talking about you know Barcelona being, and I've always commented about this too. You know, when I first started the podcast, I did not realize that Barcelona was going to be a machine of content. You know, I just thought I was going to be talking about <laughs> about the matches uh, before I moved here. I just thought it was going to be about a sports podcast. But man, the amount of times, obviously, you know, just think about this last month about the not only on, you know, off the field, on the field, all this stuff. I mean, from a content creator perspective, you can't pick a team. But I always joke around with my friend. What is it like to be a Tottenham fan where you just yeah. literally talk about the team. That's all you talk about. There ain't, there isn't yeah. anything political or anything out to get Tottenham. They just suck, right? <laughs> They're just a team that does, you know, with, with the need of a coach and Harry Kane. And that's all you're really talking about. But with Barca, there's so many, you know, us against the world, Catalan, uh, you know, all these different things. What, what's your theory? Yeah. And I'll, and I'll come back with my theory. Yeah. And it's a fantastic question. Fantastic question. And you started to you started to, to uh, say some of my thoughts there, um, and I think it's not there's you can't you can't there's not one direct answer right there's so many layers uh, to answer this question and you you hit for the first thing as I was just there looking up at all the all the balconies with the Catalan flag you know flowing out there that's obviously here in La Liga in or there in La Liga and there in Spain I still think I'm there. Uh, that's that's number one, right? So that's their their independence. That's the political fight. 
that, you know, they want to be, you know, their own type of state. And that's been going on. I mean, that's been going on for a long time. So in Spain, that's, that's probably the number one reason, right? I mean, obviously the, 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 uh, them going against Madrid, the rivalry there fuels a lot of that, right? The Madrid meet, like we, like you talked about earlier, get out of the Madrid media, you know, and those guys have no problem. There's just a lot of talking in Spain in general anyways, right? So those guys have no problems of catching, sniffing a whisper of something and going and blowing it out and making it a big story, you know, writing it in newspapers or talking about it all the time, you know, so that always is creating this chatter, this fuel of the fire and things like that. And then, so that's Spain, right? You just have that. You have that. They're always been colorful. They're the way that play that they've played since Cruyff has always been colorful. They've always liked to flaunt. They've always liked to, you know, score goals. They had the best player in the world. So of course you always had all that going for you. But if you take a, a look at the, at the bigger, you know, the bigger picture, they've always had, they probably have the, the biggest fan base, right? So there's always been, you know, they, they are the biggest club in the world. But I mean, if you look at it like dollar sense wise, if you look at it at stretch of fan base and things like that, they are the biggest. I mean, Madrid can, is close. Manchester United can say they are. But the fact of the matter is if you lined up fans from one end to the other, Barcelona is going to have more fans than anybody else. And so they're spread across the world. They come from different parts of the world, obviously. And so you just, you have all these different types of people that are cheering on, you know, this club for all their different reasons. And they interact with all the other different, you know, cultures or, or what have you. Like if you're talking about, you know, Barcelona versus the Premier League, I mean, how many dreams did Barcelona kill, you know, when they were winning Champions League over there, you know, Man United and, and things like that. And so, uh, so again, I don't, I mean, I'm probably, I don't know if I'm, if I'm even answering it correctly, if all the things that are in my head, but you've just always had this, you know, this aura of Barca that they are, you know, the greatness that they are. And of course we've been in this downturn, right? So, you know, the last three or four or five years when we were losing games, when we had Messi, we had all these players, all of that pent up frustration of going against Barcelona, you know, of course, you know, those, all those clubs, Premier League clubs, Madrid, they're going to take full advantage of it because they've had to deal with, you know, deal with Barcelona, you know, in their winning ways and the way in the style that they play. So they're all, you know, taking advantage of it and coming back. So uh, that's a really long answer. It's just all <laughs> of the, like I said, it's not one thing. It's, it's a multitude of reasons and just the fact that we've been weak. We've been weak, you know, um, and lost some pretty important games in that last three to five year period that, you know, everyone is, is able to take advantage of it. But most of it stems from right here. Like you're here, you're, you're, you're in Madrid, in Spain. Here I am. I'm, I'm saying here again, <laughs> but you know, it's the media going back and forth and what have you. And again, just taking advantage of, of our, our moments of weakness, our, our downfall here, if you want to call it that, obviously we're on the, on the up and up and people don't want to deal with that either. So it's like, hey, we got to take our shots at Barcelona right now before they get back to the top. We want to hold them down as much as possible. And so that's why I think you see, you know, some of this stuff coming out in in the media uh, again, especially from Madrid, UEFA, Super League. We just do, you know, we just Barcelona goes about their own way. Like here, yeah. we're Barcelona. We're going to do it this way. Here's what we stand for. We've always had this, you know, we've always had this club motto: more than a club, you know, do things in. They just go and do it regardless of of 
who's in the way or what somebody thinks about it or what somebody likes about it. And to be quite honest, that's why I fell in love with this club is that they do it their way no matter what. And that's what, that's what I love. I would also add one more caveat. I think you have to almost treat Barcelona as a country with the board members and the elections and that aspect of it as well. Because, you know, you hit on the spots as well with the Catalan uh, identity and how that, in res- you know, respect here of Spain. Again, there is a deep-rooted history with that. But also, I would also say the this elections that happens, it, if, you know, with the presidency, the board, there's always just drama behind the scenes <laughs> as well. Because just like any, you know, politics that happen with any country, there's, you know, the he said, she said aspect of, of it. There's power, money, everything trying to drive all those things as well. So, you know, you just think about since 2000 with all the presidents that we had, you know, when I watched the documentary with Laporta signing Ronaldinho, if you watch that documentary, you're like, how does Laporta screw this up? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> yeah. he gets ousted, right? And then it's Rossell and yep. then it's Bartomeu. And it's just like, what's happening here, you know? And it's all the behind the scenes stuff where everyone is fighting each other for ultimate power of trying to be the president of this club and how they manufacture that, right? So I think that yeah. along with all the other things that you mentioned, and I think that's what, you know, not only makes the club very interesting from a content mm-hmm. creation aspect, but, you know, this is why a lot of teams in La Liga hate Barca. This is why outside of Spain as well in UEFA, this is this type of idea that Barcelona is obviously more than a club. So, you know, I think all that put together, uh, you know, definitely puts Barcelona in the crosshairs more times oh, than yeah. not. And, you know, it is what it is. And again, like, like I said, I still, it's funny when I think about how naive I was when I got here about <laughs> Barcelona, because, you know, as it is in the States, it's, it's really just talking about the sports, the coaching, the yeah. tactics, and maybe a little bit of the owner, you know, if the owner does yeah, something yeah, scandalous, yeah. right? But it's mainly focused on the sport and maybe free agency, you know, all the, the basic stuff that go around the that game itself but you know with barcelona we have so many different uh levers and different things that go into it and obviously that makes it way more interesting right i think you know from 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 my point of view when i follow the club it's not only about the football but that's why it's our telenovela you know that's why we love it so much that's right Uh, um all right let's move to some happier news so last night in argentina uh the national team of argentina played a exhibition match against panama and Messi and the team were able to celebrate. I shared some videos from TikTok, which I hope doesn't get banned in your country. Um, <laughs> yes, your thoughts immediately about watching this, and obviously, really quick. I mean, Messi scores a free kick, but he hit the post twice prior, and it's funny to me look, looking at the way he hits the post twice, and on the third one when he finally scores, it was he definitely made that margin of error, you know, where yeah. you kind of just adjust and he hits it, yep. but just you know. The scenes, the video, I mean, it was absolute amazing. And it still just puts a smile to my face seeing Messi so, so happy. Yeah, well, you know, uh, ever since I've been part, part of this group, I'm, I've never, I didn't, like, like unlike a lot of people, I didn't, I didn't like Barcelona or fall in love with Barcelona because of Leo Messi, which a lot of people did, right? So I've always been, not, not I don't want to say I'm anti-Messi, but even like when he left, I was like, okay, we should have, this should have happened earlier. You know, he's pulling the, he's pulling the club down with the salary and, and all those things that go with it. So I've not really technically been a Messi fan, but I certainly got caught up in the 
in the World Cup and certainly got caught up in watching those guys play. I watched every Argentina game and got caught up. And by the end, I'm not a France fan anyway, but certainly by the end I was rooting for those guys to to win it and then specifically Messi because you could just see on on his face it was just pure the pure joy and you could you could tell the pure, the beauty of it was that whole entire team was going to do whatever it took to win that world cup for him they every player on that on that squad was dedicated to one man and to and, and to make sure that obviously they wanted to win too but they wanted to win they wanted to make sure that Messi won his first you know probably more than they wanted to win for themselves so that was really fascinating to me of you know watching that that whole thing go down so and watching him go back you know he was at a restaurant I don't know if you shared that or something yeah, yeah, yeah. or I just saw it I mean thousands of people are like storming this restaurant <clears throat> and you know you see some professional athletes come out of a restaurant like that they got that annoyed look on their face you know what I mean because now they have to have securities got to get them out of there or whatever that guy was just smiling ear to ear. Like, I mean, all those people and all they wanted to do is touch him. You could see all the people. They want to touch his hair. They wanted to touch his skin, his neck, his whatever they could touch. They wanted to touch. And he was just smiling, uh, smiling ear to ear. And it really kind of, you know, even resonated with me a little bit more considering that's, you know, I would just as soon as we touched on to Barcelona, man, I'm smiling ear to ear too. So I can get that feeling of what it's like when you're in your happy place. Yeah. And, you know, you're really enjoying life or whatever. So you can you can see that he he's just a different player starting with this World Cup. I mean, obviously, there were some rough years there where it looked like there was no way in hell that Argentina was going to win because they were, you know, not clicking whatsoever. But you can tell his pure happiness as soon as he puts that kid on, as soon as he puts that badge on for Argentina and how much he's a different player, especially now that, you know, things are going south a little bit at PSG and. So, uh, so I'm, so I'm happy. I'm been super happy for him. I mean, it was, I obviously I'm clicking through on TikTok or Instagram and you see others, millions of videos that people have made of him and, you know, you can't help but smile and and just be happy for the guy that he finally won it. And, and all that pressure that was built up, you know, by that country. I mean, immense amount of most people, 99.9% 99.9% of people crack under that pressure. Yeah. He dealt with it and won. And now, you know, it's a, it's certainly a, it's not, a, I don't want to say it's a Cinderella story, but, um, but it's certainly a story. You know, I saw one video that somebody, you know, they were on Instagram. They're talking about, we're going to tell our, you know, kids and grandkids and great grandkids about, you know, about Leo Messi and this team. And that's probably pretty accurate. Like we'll, we'll talk about, you know, that, that team and him for a long time. It's just funny how, you know, I would say before, maybe, you know, especially when he quit the national team for a bit, his approval rating was pretty low, you know, yeah. in Argentina. And now it's, you know, 100%. Obviously, the World Cup will do that for you. But again, you know, uh, you know, obviously, people are always comparing him to Maradona. You know, if you're either Messi or Maradona, um, again, I to see all the videos and just seeing the alegria the happiness that everyone was just enjoying last night i think it's just something especially since argentina is going through such a tough economic time right now and again it just you just see messi and you like you said the weight of the world is off of him because you know obviously at club level there's always been that talk about is it was it the team around him or was it really messy okay vice you know whatever you can have your opinion on that um but on the national team you know obviously you know that is where maradona was able to lead his team and 
Messi was able to do that. So he was able to get the third star for Argentina. And the other thing too that I loved is, you know, in the after match, uh, him grad, you know, giving gratitude to past players that tried to help him and then past coaches. I thought that was really humble of him because he, you know, he didn't have to say that really. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and again, the the other idea too is just you know just seeing this pressure. And I kind of equate it to when Michael Jordan won his first title. And you know, it's I wouldn't definitely would not say the same, but it's it's almost in that realm where you know Jordan was battling you know against the Pistons and all this stuff, but he was able to do that every year. You know, the World Cup is every four years, so it's way harder. It's, you yeah. know, you can't just go back to that. But I always remember how Jordan felt when he won his first championship. You see the video of him crying and all that emotion, all that, you know, want of wanting to do that. And obviously Messi for his country is on a different level. But again, I that's why I look at it and I was so happy to watch those videos. Yeah, yeah. And those shots were, talk about clankers off the post, man. He had two of them and I was like... I don't know if that's a loose net or what, because you could hear it on the TV. Clank, <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it was they had, pretty they loud. Had the microphone right there. That's yeah, why. yeah, they yeah. That, they yeah. were. I mean, they, they were rockets too. But I mean, you know, sometimes you hear them and you'll just hear a clank. But those things were like rattling the yeah. rattling the net. And then uh, you knew he had he had that third one, and he, you knew that he was going to do whatever it took to get that get that ball into that net. And like you're talking about, yeah, <laughs> that one came in about a foot and a half. Yeah, you yeah. know, short of the top po- top of the post. So you know, he was like, well, I'm gonna. I'm going to have to try to fit it in here and hope the goaltender doesn't get it because I don't want to hit the post a third time. So ama- amazing. Yeah, it was an amazing season. You, you got to check out the videos if you haven't seen them already. The last thing really quick, uh, I was just looking at the roster of the Spanish national team. I, I can't remember the last time I've been so uninspired by this team. Mm. Wow. I can't even, like when I was looking at the roster, I, the only person I would say that excites me is Balde because he's a Barca yeah. player and he's young and I think he's going to be, you know, he has an exciting career ahead of him. But when you look at that attacking lineup, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. and also the coach, the coach obviously doesn't mm-hmm. inspire me as well. I don't know. Yeah, we had a good, I, didn't we? With when, uh, <laughs> yeah, we had a good. I mean, for a few like years, for example, when you look at the we, when, yeah. when you look at the team is Danny Olmo. Like, uh-huh. Okay, great. Uh, and then you have. He brought in uh, Iago Aspas back. Okay, yep. I felt that Luis Enrique missed out. He should have brought him to the World Cup because you need a striker like that. But yeah. now he's kind of past his prime. And if you're going to go young, go young. But yeah. again, it's it's a weird time. Not only obviously in Barcelona with its transition of of youth and stars and the old guard, but also in the Spanish national team. But it's been happening for a while, and now it's just crazy when you look at the roster. Just like wow, like yikes! Yep. Like there's no. I don't know. There's no superstar. There's no Spanish yeah. superstar on yeah. this team. You know, when I think and of the, like when I think of the nineties, you know, you had Luis Enrique and yep. then you have David Villa later on. Like you can think about all these really high Fernando Torres, you know, you have these high, high profile Spanish stars. And now it's like, wow, it's just Morata. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what he, he looks like, and I don't, I, I could be going on a limb and I really haven't paid that much attention to the coach, but he looks like he's one of those guys that it's like, you're going to do it my way or else or oh, you're going to yeah. be here type deal. Oh, yeah. And we all, if you pay attention to sports today, those types of coaches aren't that successful anymore. Correct. You know what I mean? It's like, you got to, you know, you really need to be a player's coach, right? How do you how do you understand to get the best out of the players, you know, get them working together, buy into your ideas, but, you know, they are the, they are the, the 11 that are on the pitch that are going to get it done. And so I... I just, as soon as they announced him and I kind of saw his, you know, the way CD. that he, yeah. yeah. Then I was like, oh, let's see how long this lasts. Cause I, I just don't see it last lasting that long. So 
So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, I wish they would spend as much energy and effort they do in introducing the players for the the national team, you know, when they select them, (laughs) than thinking outside the box. Because they do a really good job on the introduction. Like, they do, like, these weird cards. Okay, great. Uh, But, yeah, this guy, I I just don't. Maybe, obviously, we we could be wrong, but I just just don't see it. I just don't see it. We need – just like Barcelona, there has to be – like a 20 to 30% installation of the DNA of that, but then adapting to this new thing, because obviously with Spain and their recent uh, results has not been impressive. But uh, yep. anyway, I digress. I just thought I'd just bring that up, especially <laughs> with the international friendlies. I was just like, these, these something to look for. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yep. Well, thanks again for joining me as always. Uh, we'll talk next week as we get ready for uh, getting back into the groove after international break. Have a good weekend. We'll talk soon. Talk to you later. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.